Well, good morning. It's so exciting to see so many people here. Um, yes, and also not just uh, talking to a screen, but actually talking to people. It's such a neat, I know, <laughs> especially for the, the backs. I know they've been doing that quite often. I just do it once a month, you know, but. So this morning, as we uh, continue, um, and we're the second Sunday after Epiphany, our scripture this morning is going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Um, so if you want to uh, turn there, or I believe it'll will it be on the screen, it'll be on the screen as well, but if you all could please stand, if you are able, with me as we read God's word this morning. Again, it is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given wisdom through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in all different tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one in the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. So if you don't know, uh, 1 Corinthians was written by Paul. It is a letter to the church in Corinth. And during these times when Paul went on all of his missionary journeys, he would plant these churches and then he would just leave. He was just there long enough to get things started, to get people excited about Jesus, to teach them about Jesus, and then he'd move on to the next church. And of course, this, this causes so many problems. These are, are new Christians, and then their leader, per se, their pastor, leaves. The church in Corinth had many, many issues that they constantly wrote to Paul about. Um, the church in Corinth, they lacked unity, and they were constantly divided and fighting among one another. Um, it said Paul wrote probably around four letters um, and in the Bible, we have two of those. There were about four different groups that were divided within the church in Corinth. And I think um, as we go through this, it's, it can be important to know the type of mindset that, that these Christians in the church had. So one group believed that they could do anything because they were free in Christ. By anything, I mean they believed because well, now we're free in Christ, we can do all the sinful things and it will not matter. Some other ones were very influenced by Peter in the, um, in the Jewish ways. They were very quite careful. They questioned a lot of things and they were very legalistic. 
And so if you read a lot in the Old Testament, in some of the legalistic ways, there were ways to prepare food, and they constantly questioned the food that was in front of them if it was okay to eat. Then yet, this area was heavily Greek-influenced, and you have yet another group that took on that Greek influence, and they believed they possessed superior wisdom to Paul because they were Greek, and <laughs> that's just what the Greeks did. And yet another one, the mystics believed that there were mystical powers in the sacraments. So you have these four groups in one church, in a, in a baby church at that, and they were constantly fighting, and they were so divided. And so Paul wrote them many letters addressing their concerns. So obviously with this division in the church, and because Paul spent so little time when he was planting churches, and Corinth was a cosmopolitan city, right? It was not like Gratiot County in Alma. It was not rural where most of us have the same ideas and beliefs. Like I had said, there were so many different groups that believed so many different things in one area. And so you had these new Christians mixing with diverse backgrounds, and of course it is a recipe for division. And Paul then had to tackle that. So in verses 1 through 3, we see Paul addresses the entire church in Corinth. He's not just addressing one group or over another. He's addressing each in every one of them. And as you see, he reminds them that each and every group has worshipped false gods. Not just, say, the Greek-influenced church, but every single one of them has worshipped a false god in one way or another. And then he goes on to talk about that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And in that, he's, he's further talking about the Trinity, and so he's going to enforce that these gifts here, these spiritual gifts, are given within the Trinity. And we know that God's nature is diverse in and of itself, yet the Trinity is unified. So therefore, the church is going to be diverse, but yet it should be unified in its diversity, even when it comes to these spiritual gifts. And so I want to go a little forward in our scripture before I go backwards. And so I kind of want to talk about some of these, these gifts that Paul mentions. And so if we look in verse 8, Paul mentions the message of wisdom as a gift. And of course, as soon as I read this, I can only imagine the Greek-influenced group thinking, well, of course we have that gift. We are so much wiser. We follow all of the philosophers we're, we're Greek, like this is what we do, but that's not what Paul is referring to as a gift through the spirit of the message of wisdom. It is not an I know more than you wisdom. He's talking about discernment, knowing what God would do or say, how to pass on messages to others. And so then I think, what would that look like in today's world? And you can think to yourself what that would look like. To me, that is looking to someone like my grandparents or those who have come before me, the elders of the church, and the wisdom that they possess even just through life. And that is a gift from the Spirit. 
In verse 8 again, he talks about having the gift of the word of knowledge. And again, it is not an I know more than you gift of knowledge, but it is what you do with that knowledge that has been given to you as a gift through the Spirit. So what do you do with your knowledge? You pass it on, right? You don't just sit and say, I'm so much smarter than all of these other people in the church. I know so much more than them. That's not how that works. The gift of knowledge is teaching and enriching other people. And of course, then I say, what does that look like today? Oh, there's so many things. It's all of us, right? We all have something that we are passionate about that we can teach and enrich others' lives. And especially our teachers, our parents, they all possess the gift of knowledge through the Spirit. And we move on to verse 9, we look at faith. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? The Spirit gives us a gift of faith. But in the commentary I was reading, it referenced back to Matthew 17, 20. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. You have faith as small as a mustard seed, and you can tell a mountain to move, and it'll move. We're talking about those with such great faith that they can even be a rock in our lives. And I'm sure you all have somebody like that, that when you are at your lowest in your faith, it is somebody that you call up, and you know that their faith is so strong that the Spirit works in them through their faith that they then can pass that on to you. And again, verse 9, we have healing. And of course, in these times, there were still miraculous healings, and we know in our world there are still miraculous healings. But I'm going to talk about the other kind. This, he's not talking about just, just miraculous healings, but he's talking about, you know, physical healings, right? You know, we have doctors. We have doctors of all kinds that help us in our physical healings, and they have that gift through the Spirit. And then we talk about spiritual healing, spiritual restoration. That is also a gift through the Spirit of healing. So then again, what does that look like today? Of course, our doctors, our counselors, our pastors or anybody else that comes into your life that helps reconcile you to God in that spiritual sense. In verse 10, there goes on to even more gifts that Paul mentions, and some of them a little more specific to that time area, time area, that area in time. And so then, okay, well, now what, right? So we, we talk about this church is divided, Paul's trying to get them back together. Now he's talking about all these gifts of the Spirit. So then what do you do with all of these gifts that Paul is talking about? Well, as believers, we are called to use whatever gifts we are given so that others can be served and that God can be glorified. That is what we are called to do with our spiritual gifts. And that can be through our everyday lives, through ministry, through offices that we hold. Um, I know I have, most of you know I have a full-time job as a legal assistant, and I'm the front desk in, well, pre-COVID when we had people in the office. <laughs> but I have Family Life Radio on, and since I'm the front desk, that's just what I listen to. And so many people come in, and they talk about how great that is. They love Family Life Radio. Or maybe the people don't know, but they have to sit there, and now they're forced to listen to Family Life Radio. So in a way, that's also ministering to them through my everyday life. 
my gift is not music. <laughs> For sure it's not. Um, that's why I don't sing up here. <laughs> but my gift is also talking about God. I will sit and talk with you about God as long as you want. And through the Family Life Radio, then I'm able to minister the clients that come in. And so that, I just want to point out that it's not just a pastoral role that you, you use these gifts or in church, but it's through each and every day. Think about all of you teachers or parents that are now at home with your kids that aren't normally. You're teaching, you're using a gift that the Spirit is giving you to teach your children. And I want to break down verse 7 a little bit for us, so let me read that one more time. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So he start, Paul starts out by saying, now to each one. So to each one, it's every single person, right? We know this church is divided, and he's not going to say, well, to those that follow Peter, or to those that follow the Greeks, or to those that believe in mystics, or to those that follow me. He's saying to each and every person in this church, to all of you believers, he's addressing this, that they have these spiritual gifts. And he's saying that each person can have multiple gifts. And multiple people can have the same gift, right? We're talking about God and the church. It is diverse, and yet it is unified. And we use those gifts in that way. Then he goes on to talk about the manifestation of the Spirit, right? God reveals his Spirit through our gifts as used by us as believers, right? As I talked about, I have family life radio on. Then God uses the gift through the Spirit, through me, that's how that works, by the manifestation of the Spirit. And of course, then, for the common good. Our gifts are for every single person. It's not just for the benefit of ourselves, right? We talked about that, some of those Greek-influenced people, and they I don't doubt that they were wise and had knowledge, but to them, it was for their own benefit instead of the benefit of not just the church, but the unbelievers at the time. So what good is it if we just keep our gifts to ourselves and God cannot be glorified and the Spirit cannot work through our gifts? And so it was kind of ironic as I was preparing this message when I read this scripture a week or so ago, I, I knew exactly where God was going to lead me with it, yet I constantly doubted myself all week. And um, I was texting a friend of mine who's also a lead pastor. She's just a few years older. And I even wrote down her text messages and quotes here. So, like, I didn't, I didn't forget what she told me. And I'm like, I am just doubting myself. Like, I am second-guessing this message. Like, I just don't, I don't know. And she's like, girl, listen to the Spirit as it nudges you. She said, you are called, you are equipped, and you are qualified. And that's what I want to tell you as well. Use your gifts as the Spirit nudges you to use your gifts. And even if you don't feel like it, you are called, you are equipped, and you are qualified to use those gifts because they have been given to you. And if you are not equipped or called or qualified to use those gifts, he'd give them to someone else. They were given to you for a purpose. And some of our gifts may look the same as some of our neighbors, or they may look different, but that doesn't matter. So Pastor and I both have a, a call to pastoral work, but it looks completely different, right? 
for those of you that don't know, he prepares months in advance, and I procrastinate and do everything at the last minute. So <laughs> don't ask him how he feels about that, because <laughs> it's fine. But we both have the same calling, but yet we have been given different gifts because our different gifts reach different people for the kingdom. If we all had the same gifts, if we all had the same gifts and, and used them in the same ways, we can't reach different people. And sometimes when we have the same gift as somebody else, we want to compare ourselves to them, but that doesn't do God any good. If we sit and think, well, I don't know, pastor's message was way better than what I'm going to do. Right? That doesn't do God any good with me comparing myself to what he is doing. Or the community garden. Laura's helping me. I've, I planted, I didn't even plant, I bought it. <laughs> I bought a patio tomato plant to take care of during quarantine, and now I have the confidence to start a garden and think I can, am a homesteader. But I am not. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't even know how I kept my tomato plant alive. But Laura has those gifts, right? And, and God is leading me in this way, but I can't compare myself to Laura. She's been doing it far longer than I have, right? And Laura's using those gifts so that we can help benefit all of you. Let's learn how to garden. Let's grow food. We're going to do a, a rainwater barrel that neither of us know how to do, but somebody else used their gifts to do. So now then we get to learn, and then we can teach you how to build your own rain barrel so you don't have to use the chlorinated water because that also kills your plants, which I found out. So. But see, we have different gifts, and we use them in different ways. And sometimes we have these gifts, and we think that it's going to lead us in one direction. And sometimes God leads us in a direction that we did not choose. So a few years ago, five years ago or whatever, when I knew I was called to full-time ministry, I specifically told God, because I already have a bachelor's degree, I did the college thing, so I told him I don't want to go back to school and I don't want to be a pastor. So I'm back in school and I'm a pastor. So God sometimes has a different path for the gifts that he gives us. And we have to be open to that spirit leading because, again, it is him who calls, equips, and qualifies us to use those gifts. And I want to bring it back to that church in Corinth, this divided church, this group with many cliques and many different, different groups. And then Paul talks about these spiritual gifts, but guess what? Our gifts don't work if we don't work together. If we don't unify for one goal to glorify God and build his kingdom, our spiritual gifts aren't going to do us any good. Say if Laura and I both wanted to do a garden and we're working against each other, what good's that going to do? That's not going to do any good. We're going to, I'm, my garden's going to fail, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, it's we have to work together to use our spiritual gifts to further the kingdom of God. And this is what Paul is talking about to this church in Corinth. He's like, you have been given such great things. Now work together as the body of Christ to bring more people into this fold. And what a beautiful thing it is when we use all of our same gifts, our different gifts, the things that God equips 
qualifies and calls us to do to work as one unified body as a church to glorify him. So I want to challenge you guys this week. It's already been a challenging year. I was scrolling social media and someone said it's 2020 plus one, and that's what it feels like. It's not a new year. It's just 2020, a little extra. But let's start off as a unified church using our gifts to glorify God. So I want you to think about some of these things this week. What are your gifts? What has God given you a passion for? What has God given you something that's easy to do that you can then use? Or if you know what your gifts are, how are you using them? Are they being used to glorify God or are you sitting on your gifts and not using them? Like some of these, these people in Corinth. How can you work with somebody else with your gifts? How can we work together to use your gifts? How can Pastor and I encourage you with your gifts? Right? We were talking with Kay, and she, she has this heart for, for service in, in giving out household and hygiene goods to the community because we know not all benefits, um, like state benefits, can pay for those. And her gifts are there. But we wouldn't know unless she said something, right? We wouldn't know what your passion is or what your gifts are. So let us know how can we encourage you in those gifts. How can we work together as one to glorify God? How can we help equip your calling that God has given you? So this week, maybe just take a second to journal them. Think about your gifts. How are you using them? How can we help you use them. So friends, before a pastor comes up and do the benediction, I'd love to pray with you about this. Dear Lord, we just always want to start out by thanking you and just thank you for this opportunity to fellowship together and thank you for those who are watching online and we love you and we miss you and we are here with you. Thank you for one unified body that is the church. And thank you for giving us these unique and yet same gifts. God, we know that you are diverse, yet you are unified. So you call your church to be diverse and unified. And please help bring to light what those spiritual gifts are that you have given us. And please help us to learn how to use those gifts so that we can glorify you and to help our friends and our neighbors. Lord God, I just pray over, over this community, Gratiot County, as we have been hit with such a rough time. And I pray that, that as a whole church, the St. Louis Church, our church, whatever other church in Gratiot County, that we can act as the body of the church as well and unify and use those gifts to serve those around us. And so, Lord, again, I pray that you bring to light to us this week the special gifts that you have given us and what that path looks like for us and how we can use that to glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, one of the, one of the tasks that your, your church board has this year is to uncover or dust off or help you discover 
the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have to be used. Because the church as a body, none of us are meant to be passive. All of us have a role. All of us serve a purpose. And it's just a matter of finding how the church can embrace your purpose within us. And so that's what one of our goals are over this year is to, to figure that out, to give purpose back into this church. And so uh, let us go to the benediction as uh, we close today. Insistent God, by night and by day, you summon your slumbering people. So stir us with your voice and enlighten our lives with your grace that we give ourselves fully to Christ's call to mission and ministry. Amen. Now Christ sends us out into our communities to make Christ-like disciples. Go in the name of God. God bless you.